We have Nancy Tangler, CEO, Chief Investment Officer of Laffer Tangler Investments. And we have Mike Ozanian, Assistant Managing Editor of Forbes Media and co-host of Forbes Sports Money on the Yes Network. And, um, Nancy, you know what's going to happen here. Just one minute. One minute. Mike Ozanian. It's one-to-one. Yankees and uh, Guardians and Cleveland Indians. I'm sorry, old school. What's your outlook, buddy? Oh, I'm very positive. Uh, it's, look, it's best out, best out of three, and, uh, and and the best player in baseball hasn't gotten a hit yet. He's yeah. looked terrible. Yeah. So uh, um, on that front, I, I think Judge will start it, and it'll be fine. And their starting pitching's been good. So you get good pitching, Judge turns it around. It's, I think we're in good shape. Look, last time you and I were talking, I think the Yankees, or maybe two times ago, the Yankees were in that horrendous slump. Right. Uh, right. You know, this is such a... Baseball is so random. You know, you look at the other sports, it's not unusual for a team to have a 700 winning percentage, 750 winning. Baseball, you play 600% winning baseball. That's fantastic. Mm. These games are, look at the Padres ahead of the Dodgers, two games to one. I love that. You know, it's it's a short series, very random. But our pitching's good, so I'm very confident. And yeah. I, think, I think Judge turns it around. Judge will unwind. I mean, he had a pressure cooker there the last month, and he'll, he'll unwind. Oh. I think you're right about that. Nancy, um, I want to go to you. I had uh, the great Art Laffer on at the top of the show, and we're talking about the inflation problem. And Art made, you know, some very important points, but the Fed is still too loose. Even though rates have gone up, there's a lot of excess money sloshing around. Their balance sheet has not wound down very much at all. And interest rates, Art believes that market rates are going to have to get up to around 10% to get into a real rate situation that would be consistent with declining inflation. And, of course, we know they're nowhere near that. The, the 10 years hovering around uh, 4%. And I know the Fed funds rate is going to go up 75 and 75 in November, December, Nancy. I, mean, I think they should go up a full point, but whatever. Uh, you know, Art really feels if you if the Fed unlocked rates, stopped trying to control the bond market, they would adjust upward, and that would get us back on a real path towards lower inflation, you know, getting back to that 2% inflation target. What you think about all that, Nancy Tengler? I heard the interview, Larry. Um, thank you. And uh, I just, but before I answer, I want to ease your soul on the question of whether or not Jesus was a supply sider. <laughs> yes. I've got a verse from Ecclesiastes 10, too. It says, a wise, man heart, a wise man's heart directs him toward the right, but the foolish man's heart directs him toward the left. Oh, God, that's fabulous. <laughs> leave it there. That's fabulous. Can you, t- can you text me that or something? I will. Or email uh, me or mother. whatever. I love that. My, I love I'm that. I'm going to call my favorite nine-year-old and have them uh, text it to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So I love – and I also love being on with Mike. Hello, Mike. Um, Hi, Nancy. I think we've talked about – I think we talked about this about a year and a half ago um, uh, when I was on your radio show, actually. And Jeremy Siegel, who who is a big um, M2 – focused fan as it relates to inflation, um, had had produced a chart that showed the spread between inflation and M2 growth was at a 150-year peak. And so in his view, we had to get 20% inflation no matter what over some period of time. And um, I think I think I at the time send you the chart, but I can also resend it. It's just fascinating. And then you've got, you know, 
Fed Governor Mester saying, well, I don't really think uh, M2 has any impact on inflation. So there's there's a lot of people that are making decisions um, that maybe don't necessarily understand how the markets work. Uh, and and so I'll, I'll leave it at that because I've been very critical of the Fed. But I, I don't know if we have to get to 10 percent, Larry, but I think, you know, the Fed is now talking about being front end, front end loading the rate hikes. But indeed, that is exactly the opposite of what they've done. And so they've they've um, they've waited too long. And that's one of the troubling things, because this inflation is getting stickier and and it will remain persistent. We're going to see oil prices rise again, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to you know, keep inflation at, at high levels. We think we hit peak in in June, but it's still going to be high. And so I think Art's right that we, we need to see um, higher rates and we need to see them move forward on uh, quantitative tightening. Uh, it's it's increasing the volatility in the bond market, but I think at the moment, um, you know, we have enough liquidity, and and they just need to stop talking mm-hmm. and just get about their business because mm-hmm. they're the, the markets are roiled because they they've been wrong at every turning point starting in October of 2018. So what you've got in the short term is the algos just driving market volatility uh, too high, and it's it's difficult for um, for many people who are sitting on the sidelines with 401ks. It's not the rich people that are getting hurt, as we always know. Mm. It's the the folks who work for a living. And that's why I think this needs to get done sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'm with you. Michael Zanian, you know, the oddest thing was the CPI report comes out, and it was a lousy report. Uh, By the way, I just want to insert, if you follow the Cleveland Fed uh, now-cast inflation indicator, uh, they're looking for a CPI in November – that will be 0.8 for the month. And, mm. I, and I suspect, I, I don't know exactly, but I suspect that's because uh, gasoline prices stopped falling. I think that's mm-hmm. probably going to be part of it. But in any case, Mike, you had this bizarre CPI comes out, it's a bad number, the market goes down 500, uh, but then it comes back 800 on the day um, with this gigantic. So, so it's like unprecedented volatility and I'm not sure I know how to read that because I would not have bought the stock market, on, certainly on the basis of that CPI information. Maybe there's other stuff, although I couldn't find it. But this volatility just strikes me as getting worse. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I couldn't find anything either. The only thing I would say is there's been a few instances like that over the past several months where there's been an inflation report uh, or a jobs report that uh, you would have thought would have sent the market in one direction and, you know, it sent it went in another direction. But uh, on the macro sense, uh, there's nothing positive. Uh, you know, you got real real retail sales down four in the last uh, five month uh, quarters. You've, you've got the other thing that I looked at uh, when I when I was trying to figure out why the market went up was credit spreads actually widened. So you've got widening credit spreads. Now, that would have sent an alarm to me on the negative side in in terms of corporate earnings, but apparently it didn't. But that's the reality. It's widened. And productivity, and I, like Nancy, I cheated a little bit and listened to Art, too, because I love listening to what he has to say. So, you know, Art made the, the, the great point about the necessity of productivity increasing and and what that would do to be able to pick up some of the excess uh, money supply. Well, productivity has been down for the last five quarters. Mm. You've got nothing good there. And you touched on the Michigan sentiment. 
which I look at too. But I, I really also like to focus on small businesses. Uh, and, and the small business indicators are terrible. Uh, Ed Yardeni, who I like to follow, summed it up this way. He said, small businesses have never been as depressed. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you know, I, I don't see it. And then you, you look outside of the U.S. and you've got big problems in China in the real estate area and default on loans. I, I just, you know, I, I love to be an optimist. I, I just don't see really anything on a macro sense here or abroad being positive about. Yeah, I agree. It's a tough situation. I don't think it's going to last forever because um, I do think the elections are going to be quite favorable. And I do think a lot of new policies or at least reversal of bad policies will come. But it's not going to be easy. You know, I had Senator, no, I, I had Senator Thune on, uh, who's done a great job, in my opinion, particularly in recent years, solid conservative, free market guy. But the GOP can take the Congress, uh, both the House and the Senate. They will take the gavels around, let's see, January 3rd, I think. But they're going to be in a crisis mode, uh, you know, with a, essentially a high inflation recession. I mean, that, yeah. and they're going to have to yeah. move fast. I mean, uh, Art, you know, Nancy, Art was trying to think, we were both trying to think of the famous uh, Kemp Stockman memo. It was actually the Dunkirk memo. It came to me oh. Came to me later. I'm, I'm old and infirm, but it did come to me, the <laughs> Dunkirk memo. But they're going to need something like that. Art wants us to pen something for them, give them a draft, but... The point is they're going to have a very bad situation, the Republicans, and they're going to have to you know, move fast and decisively on key issues, particularly spending and regulating and energy. Yeah, I, I think I think energy is is I mean, if, if they solve energy, a lot of this will take care of itself, in my view. I mean, I, I, I thought the uh, opinion piece by uh, Mohammed Aliyah, huh? Uh huh. I don't know how to say it exactly. Alarian. Um, Alarian. No, no, it's no, it's a Aliahaya. Oh, uh, he's a oh. at Harvard. He wrote a great piece on energy and how the Biden administration is scapegoating. And what scapegoating does is it it, it denies and poisons the democratic process. Hmm. And his his final close was: if America wants to prevent another shock in world energy markets, it should begin producing more oil. It really is that simple. Huh. And I, you know, we went from energy independent and in your administration. That's what I call it. <laughs> you call them the Bidens. I call the Trump administration your administration. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And 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 we shut it down. And so you've got you know. I, I was driving to uh, home from Tahoe last week, $8.29 a gallon in California. Wow. It, it's not sustainable. Wow. And this notion that we're going to go groveling to companies that produce dirty oil mm. uh, and and look for that um, as a solution is absurd on the, just the face of it. So I think the market is beginning to, to, to assume that we're going to see a Republican sweep. Uh, and, you know, I'm looking at some of Stan Clifton's um, yes, his yes. portfolios. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that will be a positive catalyst for the market. But like Mike, the, I, I feel like I'm living the 70s all over again without bell bottoms. Huh? I didn't really think much about the 70s when I was growing up in them. And hmm. I, I don't like turning every corner and seeing bad news or just insanity. Hmm. Um, and so I'm hopeful that, that the, the administration will be put in check and we'll have – divided government, and then our friends in Congress, uh, that they will move quickly. I think you should pen something with Dr. Laffer. Um, Mike, in this difficult 
situation. Uh, what does an investor do to be safe and or positioned for the future that might be a better future? How do you see this? I got two picks. My first one's the safer one. I like a uh, the Energy Select Sector Spider Fund, ticker mm-hmm. symbol XLE. Mm-hmm. Its two biggest holdings are ExxonMobil and Chevron. I've loved Chevron for a long time. has a 3.5% yield. But they also own like pipeline and terminal con- companies like Kinder Morgan. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's a great spider own. And then I've got a turnaround company that really goes more to my palate than it does towards financials. Uh, Krispy Kreme, not just because oh. they give away donuts on Halloween. I know they've had some financial <laughs> problems. The stock's down a lot. But I was reading an article when I was doing research on it, and there was a guy in uh, uh, Connecticut, uh, in Massachusetts, and he Googled the closest Krispy Kreme, and it happened to be in Connecticut. <laughs> well, do you know what? He took his family and actually flew his family. Uh, you know, not far, like 75 miles to get a bunch of Krispy Kreme. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> if there's such an affinity, if the brand is so strong and it has that kind of a following, they, they've got to be able to turn it around, Larry. And, I, and I'm willing to help. How is the um, – on the Krispy Kreme pick, how's the cholesterol story there? Terrible, you know, but when I'm watching these playoff games, I need that nervous food to eat. So, you know, cholesterol goes out the window. By the way, uh, you mentioned Chevron. Um, Mike Worth is the CEO of Chevron. He's a very fine CEO. He's a good person, but he's a very fine CEO. I just wanted to add that. Uh, He's a friend of mine. Nancy Tengler, how would you approach this difficult period? Well, so um, not with Krispy Kremes, Mike. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, now you can finally buy bonds again. We had said in August of 2020 that bonds were riskier than stocks. So we're building short ladders, corporate, muni, and uh, we're adding in treasuries for, for our clients. So that, that's one solution. Um, but it's not, it's not a growth solution. And so, as you know, Larry, I've been managing dividend growth portfolios since the mid-1980s with Tony Spare. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's not a fad for us. I, I think now is a, a perfect time to own a strategy that's focused on dividend growth, not just not the highest yielding stocks. That's next quintile down, the second quintile, which tends to outperform uh, over any time period. So, so we've been adding to names uh, in our portfolio that that have reliable dividend growth because management set dividends as a portion of long-term sustainable earnings power. So I like uh, many names in the energy space as well. We own Chevron, but EOG Resources is an interesting Mm. name, gives you some natural gas exposure, and 98% of the reserves are of their reserves are in the U.S., Three dollar dividend, and they've paid out uh, another five eighty in special dividends on a trailing one year basis. Um, utility, I, I'm sorry, REITs have gotten hit, but we we like uh, the reliable digital uh, public stores storage unit um, company. They sign up about half of their um, customers without any human contact, and they just paid out a $13 special dividend. So these companies are, you know, preserving cash flow because they have pricing power and they're returning it uh, to the shareholder. And, and we like that a lot. And, and there's, I could go on, but there's plenty of, of uh, ways you can buy ETFs, um, dividend aristocrats with companies that grow the dividend as well. Do you, did I hear you think energy prices going back up? I do. Yep. Yeah. Mike, do you? No question. No question about it. Uh, I know the dollar has been very strong, uh, but I, I do. And, you know, I just big reason is 
I, I don't believe there's been a time in history where once inflation has gotten above 5%, it's mm. come back down again without the Fed funds rate going over the CPI. Yes. So CPI is like 8, 8.2, something yes. like that. So, you know, we, we haven't had that blood in the street moment yet, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. uh, in, in dealing with inflation. And, and we're going to have to have that. And I think it's going to uh, impact energy prices. Well, that was one of Art Laffer's points, that you, you're just not going to solve this inflation with deep negative rates. And it's something that I've been looking right. at. So the, the 10-year, let's see, on my sheets, the 10-year closed at 4.01, whatever. Call the 10-year 4%. Now, it's had a hell of a move from about a buck and a half to four in the last, whatever, 18 months. But gee whiz, um, these inflation numbers are hovering around 7 8%. I mean, you could go look at the core inflation. You could look at the median CPI from the Cleveland Fed. You're still at 7%. So – First of all, how can a three and a half or let's say a four or four and a half percent Fed funds rate be adequate? But more than that, Nancy Tangler, how can a four percent bond be adequate if you're going to run a seven percent sticky inflation rate? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right about that, Larry. And we've talked about that, that real rates have been um, the the real story. I I think some of it gets solved with with uh, some of the marginal parts of inflation coming down. Like, let's look at housing core part of CPI. It's 42 percent. And, you know, we've got the BLS or the Bureau of Labor Statistics, you know, gauging what they think owner equivalent rent is based on where rents were. Well, rents are now coming down. So I think you're going to start to see some relief in some places like that. But when you have an administration that has depleted the the strategic petroleum reserve, uh, they are going to have to replenish that. And so to Mike's point, I agree. I think we're going to see higher uh, energy costs and at at least on a psychological basis. That's really what drives people's view about inflation, mm-hmm. and that's why I think we saw inflation expectations go up because I, like you, noted that that was the, the most interesting part of the economic numbers that were reported yesterday. You know, Mike, uh, just a few moments, but um, to your point about blood in the streets, there are going to be dead bodies emerging. We don't know who they are and where they are, but it's inevitable. You, you can't go from 10 percent inflation to two without some dead bodies. 